the truth of the matter is a victim mentality is giving somebody else power over your own emotions and giving them the blame, right? Like I can talk poorly to you because you just acted this way. Hey friends, I'm Ryan Channel, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, encouraging other women to seek and know God and grow a deeper relationship with Him. Welcome to Wellness and the Word, a podcast helping Christian women create ultimate mental and physical wellness through meditating on God's Word to renew our minds, learning how to apply His truth to our lives, and taking care of our bodies the way He intends us to. My love for Jesus and my passion for wellness as a holistic health coach collide in this podcast that shares the gospel. Gospel literally means good news, friends. Don't we need more of that in today's world? I believe we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, and I want to point you to the only one who can fill it. Come join me and be encouraged as we chat about God's love and how to take care of you. Hey friends, it's Ryan. Welcome to Wellness and the Word and happy Testimony Tuesday. Today I have an awesome testimony to share with you from Katie Mae Webb, who is a fellow Arizona native like me. We had so much fun talking and relating. God is just so awesome to bring friends like Katie into my life. She is super open and vulnerable in her testimony. We talk about how we can get distracted in our walk with God, how her marriage became an idol, the eventual separation and reunification of her marriage, how we can fall into the victim mentality, the power of taking ownership of our own dysfunctions, and how she is now a marriage empowerment coach because God. (laughs) So let me tell you a little bit about Katie Mae Webb. She was born and raised in Arizona and has a background in human and family development from Arizona State University. She's been married to her high school sweetheart for 12 years, and they are the proud parents of two beautiful kiddos. From her work in the foster care system to high-performance consulting, she has always had a true passion for supporting families and their successes. She discovered her love and purpose for marriage coaching when she and her husband encountered their worst years together, which eventually led into a trial separation. After reunifying and experiencing a true transformation of their relationship, Katie has made it her personal mission to support others in creating the vibrant marriage they've always desired to have. I really love talking to Katie, and if you are not yet in our Wellness in the Word community over on Facebook, this is your heads up that you're going to want to join us as soon as possible because Katie's going to come in there very soon and chat with us about all things marriage. So she is going to bless us so much, and I want you there. Enjoy this conversation between Katie and I. Well, hey, Katie, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you today. Hi, thank you for having me. I am too. This just worked out perfectly. It did. It did. <laughs> I love it. That's how God, God works, right? So will yes. you just introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about you? Yeah, uh, my name is Katie May Webb. I am a born and raised native to Arizona. Uh, living Gilbert with my husband of going to be 12 years here in May and two kiddos. I have a six-year-old son and a seven-month-old daughter. And I currently uh, work full-time from my home taking care of my daughter, but uh, as a marriage coach 
for uh, women primarily who want to have amazing relationships with their husbands. I love it. I just love the calling on your heart because I think it's definitely needed. Marriages are obviously so important. And when we become parents, it can just kind of fall back. So I I just love what you're doing. Let's just jump in and tell me where does your story begin? Okay. So, um, like I said, I was born and raised here in Arizona. Uh, my, my mom, as far as just overall testimony, my mom used to force my brother and I to go to church, been to a variety of churches growing up. It was really never something as a child I looked forward to. Uh, but you know, the rule was when you're, when you're an adult, you can make your own choices that you're going to come with me now. So it was one of those scenarios. Um, my, my short, short version of the story is, uh, Fortunately, my mom switched us to the what is now still my home church here in Gilbert. Redemption Gilbert was East Valley Bible at the time when I was about fourth grade. And um, when I was in uh, junior high, she again forced me to go to a summer camp. And um, that was that was my real like emotional first experience with like the reality of God's love. Um, that was, that was definitely like that aha, super emotional, like summer camp. God is real moment for me. That would be where, 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 where it all began. I love it. I am. I feel like I'm in that space right now of forcing my kids to go, (laughs) especially my eight-year-old. He's like, why do we have to go? And he doesn't want to go to the kids thing right now. So I'm like, okay, you can come sit in church with me. But I I made him like bring his own notebook this past weekend and take some notes. But I, before I was really just like too bad, we got to go, you know, kind of, you don't have a choice thing. And in this past weekend, I was like, cause it's been, it's been kind of a theme of like, I know I need to encourage him to want to come. I don't want to just make him come because I said so. So I've kind of just sat down and explained the importance of it. And one day you're going to have to make your own decision. If you want to go to church, if you want to believe in God, and it's my job right now to make sure that I'm teaching you about God and giving you that opportunity. So I felt like it was, it was a good conversation to just encourage him, but definitely think that sometimes as parents, we have to force our kids to go. And obviously your mom, you know, forcing you to go to the summer camp was that first big Holy Spirit moment where you felt that in your heart. And that's, I love that. I'm like, good job, mom. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, and, and it's it's so true too. Like I'm forever grateful for her. So for all the mamas out there wondering like what to do, or is it something I should force my kid into? I mean, and as parents now, it's like, I see it too. Like we're called to bring them up in Christ. Right. And so we can only do our part. And if they don't like it, it's like making them eat vegetables. Like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we're doing what's right for you. And they may not like it, but I was so, I'm such an angry, like teenager. I was getting into all kinds of stuff. It is a miracle that like, I survived some of the situations I put myself in. Um, just being, you know, sneaking out of the house, partying with older boys, I shouldn't even have been involved in. And if my mom hadn't have just stayed on me, and forced me to go into the church and be immersed in the church, you know, I never would have had that experience. And I, I mean, who knows what I would have gotten into. Yeah. So yes, forever grateful for it for that. Yes. 
<laughs> and also how cool that like you, so you've been literally going to your church since you were in fourth grade, you said? Yes. That's yes. <laughs> we, we, my husband and I, after we were married, we did a little bit of church hopping just to see what else was out there and explore yeah. surroundings. There's so many churches in the Valley where we live. Um, but as far as just, uh, what is just truly sound doctrine and biblical teaching, we just, we, we, we came back, we had to go, we had to come back and stay, make that our home church. Um, it's, it's just an extremely important, a lot of churches, and I'm not trying to be critical out there. Like they tend to preach on what people want to hear, you know, and there's a lot of fluff involved and our, our church's approach is like, this is what the Bible teaches. And if you don't like it, sorry. <laughs> and so, yeah, so yes, that's why we've, we've stayed put. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I feel like a lot of churches are at least, I mean, I know my church is definitely, that Bible-based church. And it is so important. It's not just like about what feels, what feels good or comfortable, but what does the Bible teach? Because that's what we have to follow if we're Christ followers, if we're believers in, in Jesus, like we can't just tiptoe around the hard stuff, even though sometimes that might be easier. So yeah, I appreciate that too. Absolutely. Yeah. We all know there's not a lot of growth in the comfort, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So after that first experience in junior high, was that kind of where you met God and things changed or did it take a while for you to really work that relationship? Well, I think um, like most relationships, it's, it's an ever evolving one. Right. Um, And yes, as a immature seventh grader, I was, you know, just so on fire for God, the summer camp high. Right. But um, truly maturely stepping into my relationship with Christ was uh, in high school. And I was, um, I mean, I stepped away from an entire group of friends and really just, I got involved in everything related to God, Christ, uh, you know, um, fellowship of Christian athletes. And I actually met my husband, which is a huge part of my testimony. (laughs) Um, I met him in uh, junior year of high school and, uh, he wanted to date me and I told him no, because he wasn't a Christian and good for you. (laughs) My, my church was, uh, was very, including my youth pastor at the time was very against us dating because he wasn't a Christian. Um, so I wasn't that good because I gave in (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, but he, he, he came, he was motivated and came to church with me. So, cause he wanted to date me and, (laughs) and, uh, he, uh, he also committed his life to Christ, um, And, uh, throughout a long journey from that point on throughout college on and off a bit, we then got married, um, after gosh, like two weeks after our final exam from our bachelor's programs. So (laughs) yes, that was a, it was a big part of our, a big part of my testimony because I was very, um, focused and he was the distraction (laughs) for, for quite a while thereafter, um, and a bit, when I say a big part of my testimony, I think like the strength of my focus in God was so intense. And when he came along, um, I didn't even realize how much of a distraction he was where I just kind of shifted my focus of my own self-satisfaction and looking to fulfill myself in him 
and my, and my now husband, um, but at the time boyfriend and it pulled my focus away from God, um, which then he taught me very quickly <laughs> that, uh, by, by, uh, well, I, my story is that we separated, uh, briefly a few years back. And in that separation, that was like truly just like the worst thing I, in my, my life that I've yet to experience. Um, and it taught me just the true maturity of like my relationship with God, like how much I was not seeking him to be fulfilled and how much he really truly can fulfill me in my life through that experience. So forever grateful for that, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, what a true testament to the fact that even when, you know, we go through those hard times that we're like, that was definitely the worst part of my life. Right. But that's where God shows up. And I think that's what is always beautiful to me is that we can always find God in the good, in the bad, but, but when we're in the bad, like I think that's when we just can really be aware of his presence, because like you said, you, you slowly shifted your focus. You took your eyes off God. And it was like this subtle thing, but over time, that slow shift, you're like completely walking in another direction. Right. So it's easy to be distracted. Yes. But he brings us back to him in those hard times for sure. Yes, absolutely. So was that the time in your life that you felt closest to God, Katie, was during that time of separation and that hard time in your life? Uh, You know, it definitely brought me to, to the closest, right? I mean, I honestly can say like right now in this moment in my life, like I am by far the closest to God that I've ever felt. Um, But that was the true catalyst um, of getting me there. I, I share this story because it was just such an aha moment for me. Um, I was like driving home, uh, from a therapy appointment where my husband was just totally calloused. Like during the therapy appointment, he sat there hard hearted arms crossed, didn't participate at all. And we're literally like on a, you're coming because we're going to break up if we, if we don't. Right. And we had our son at the time, and I was driving away from the therapy session and I'm just white knuckle gripping the like wheel of my steering wheel and just ugly crying, you know, and I'm just like, I did everything right. Like God, like I, I met this guy, I, you know, he said he was Christian. We waited till we were married. Like, I mean, I did all these things right. And here I am with my marriage just falling apart. And I had, I just felt totally out of control. I just was like, why? And, and what could I possibly do here? I thought I was doing everything I could. And that was just, if God couldn't have spoken to me just more clearly, it was just one of those moments where I was just truly crying out to him, like, and somewhat anger, even like resentment. Right. And he just, it was just so clear to me. It was like, okay, I cannot control my husband. I cannot control whether my marriage even works, but I can control myself and I can be the best version of me and look to God to show me how I can be that, like what I need to do on my own self, which I've been so distracted. I was like the true awakening of how distracted I was 
um, by like my marriage, right? Like it was like the idol in my life. My marriage needed to be perfect. We needed to go to church. I was doing all these things. My husband wasn't doing all these things. And I was so focused on that dynamic that I took the sight off of what God was calling me to do as an individual and where I belonged, um, in life, even apart from my husband, like where my responsibility was and my own personal growth. And so that was very much an awakening moment (laughs) for me in that process. But yes, now, now in my life right now, retrospectively looking back, I would say this is like the closest I've, I felt to to God for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that you said it was a catalyst because obviously that was the starting point, but now because you put your eyes back on God, because you made sure that your marriage was no longer an idol, you were able to just continue to get closer. And that's, that's the purpose. That's kind of how we're supposed to walk is to get closer. Like this moment in your life should be the closest you ever been to God. And just going forward, I, I really like that point because I know there's sometimes where it's like, we look back and you're like, that was, that was the closest I've been to God. But in this moment, I think that's a really powerful thought of just why, and if not, if you're not closest to God in this moment, then why, and what, what can you do? Because usually it's us, right. That have pulled away from God and we are distracted and we do have all of these idols and even good things can be idols. Even your marriage can be an idol. Yeah. So it's, I just, I, I love that point. And also the control piece, because as, as human beings, we always just want to control. And, you know, we think we're checking all these boxes, but if God's not really the, the centerpiece, what, what does any of that do? It doesn't, even if we're going to church all the time, even if we're doing all the Bible studies, you know, we're checking the boxes, but if we're not actually letting God be the leader of our life and like the sole focus of our, of our hearts, then all of it just doesn't even matter. No, for sure. And that's why it's so subtle, right? Like, I mean, the enemy really does take root in that. Like we can, it it was my marriage. Like I am called as like a godly woman to serve my husband, to put my husband, you know, first, right. I mean, but not first before God. Mm -hmm. And I was so distracted on making him be who I thought God wanted him to be or the godly leader he should be in my marriage that I was completely, I almost took responsibility, like shifted responsibility for my own life and my own self, like onto him. Like if you were a better leader, I would be a better person. And so I can be this like miserable puke over here to you because (laughs) you are the way you are. And that sucks saying that too, because mm-hmm. it's like, so not like how I feel like I am as a person. <laughs> I'm so all about like apologizing when I mess up and I never want to hurt anybody, but truly like that really was like, it was such a, such a covert, like distraction. And nobody was really holding me accountable to that either because his actions were like, well, yeah, you should just leave him. You know, like we had members of our church even saying like, yeah, you're, you have every right to, to leave. And um, which is why we we separated because it really did get to that point. But during that process, I was actually a case manager uh, for the for a um, behavioral health agency, and that was the ultimate tipping scale. Like we had my we had our son, and I definitely retrospectively looking back, I definitely walked through some postpartum 
I just lost all compassion for my husband. Like I was totally numb to him. Um, and so we just went through some, we went through it. Like the first three years with my son, it was just rough. My husband was coaching, teaching. He was so busy. We were broke. Um, so many things on us that we were just so stressed about. And I decided I was going to go back to work to, this was my last ditch effort to save my marriage, this big heroic thing, because that's what my husband wanted. And, um, I went and I was like, if I'm going to go back to work and put my kid in childcare, then I'm going to do something that matters, you know, cause I'm just so awesome that way. <laughs> and, uh, and I ended up going to, um, like I said, a behavioral health agency as a case manager for children in the foster care system. And man, if God didn't bring me to my knees with everything I already had, I had no coping skills to deal with that kind of job. Oh, like at all. Gosh, I can imagine. Yeah. That's, that's hard work. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm like, this is one of those moments, like that just defining moment where I was like, I thank God I had, um, I have such a spiritually strong, uh, Christian friend who's also a therapist. And one day I truly, I was having like a straight up panic attack. Um, and I had never had one. So I was just like, I could not breathe. I was crying. I was bawling uncontrollably. I had no idea what was going on. And my husband looked at me like I was the devil. Like there was no compassion in his eyes. Like he just looked at me like I was like, he hated me. He looked at me like I was just like a horrible person. And I'm like thinking I'm, I'm like, I need him to scoop me up and hold me in that moment. And that right there was like, okay, we are so broken. Like that was such an identity of like where our relationship had gotten and how wrong, like my behavior must be for him to view me that way in that moment. And I got on the phone with my friend and she talked me down. She like deescalated me and she was like, you don't need this job. Like you need to get your stuff together. You need to go back and you need to heal the past you haven't healed from and get yourself into a good therapist and start the work. And I was like, okay, that's it. That was my, that was my ultimate breaking point. And that was literally like, we separated my husband and I separated like right after that. And then went into counseling from there. I really like how you talked about, um, I mean, thank you for sharing all of that, but just the fact that we can really make excuses for our behavior and how we're treating our husbands, because you know, what they're doing, we're just and taking that responsibility for them of like, we got to control them. And it's like, calm down. We don't have to do that. That is not our role and we can't control other people, but I absolutely relate to that. I have been that person and I have treated my husband poorly for the simple fact that like, he's not, you know, pulling his weight or doing things that I expect of him. And just, I mean, marriage is heckin' hard. (laughs) And nobody prepares you for this. So I don't think anyone I just, can, right? Yeah, like no one that's can true. prepare you for it. That is so <laughs> true. You can't. You're absolutely right. And then throw some kids on top of it. And there's just a whole mix of crazy. <laughs> yes. So yes, absolutely. So a couple of things or a couple of questions. First, yeah, you guys were married for six years before you had your first child. So what was that? Like, did you feel like your marriage was more sustainable or like there was more compassion, there was more relationship before you had kids. Was it kind of 
was throwing kids in the mix really hard? Oh, um, such a good question. So honestly, our marriage was very like, we're just roller coaster. We, I mean, when we were good, we were great. Right. When we were bad, we were bad. And, um, my, my husband and I were, I don't know, we, we have a, we had an escalatory pattern of communicating. And this is a big part of why I do what I do. Um, now is because this pattern, this cycle that, you know, I would start, he would start, I would start, and it would just build and then explode. Right. So that was very much just our relationship. And we had hit like a good stride in our relationship during that time. Um, looking back, we really had no business like bringing, bringing in a kid at that time because there was still so much like dysfunction between us and like in a marriage, like we're just like, oh yay, we're in a good spot, you know, and let's have a kid. <laughs> so yeah, like putting putting a kid on top of that was just like the bomb that was inevitably gonna go off. Cause I mean, ha- what what like what teaches you more about yourself? And having a kid, right? Oh the gosh. good, bad, and yeah. the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, children are so revealing in so many ways. You're just like exposed all of, all of the ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and managing from a mom's perspective too. I mean, if you don't have already a great way, a great foundation of communicating with your spouse, and then you go through something like postpartum, um, my husband had no idea how to support me. I didn't even know I was like, I was just, right. I was like, well, I'm numb. This is me transitioning into being a stay at home mom. Um, I just, I didn't even know. And I, I needed somebody to come alongside me and be like, Hey, you're kind of a crazy biatch right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to get you help like with love of course right like maybe we should look into getting you some help and um I managed it so well and I just thought like this was just life like it wasn't until like God really brought me to my knees that I I got that wake-up call so like that's why like I can look back retrospectively and be like oh yeah like I really was like not doing well And, um, a lot of the marriage issues we had early on in our marriage before kids, um, I saw like looking back was trauma from my, my past and growing up that I thought I had addressed. Like, I thought I like, Oh no, like that's not going to control me. That's not going to play a factor into my marriage. I I refuse to allow that. I'm like, well, that's not how trauma works. Like you can't really refuse to allow it to affect you. And so that was a huge part of just going back into doing my own work with counseling. And I actually did EMDR uh, trauma therapy where I discovered so much of like the sins of other people in my life and the trauma I had experienced. I was just torturing my husband over, right? Like all, all that anger was was being fueled towards him. So he could do something. I'd get triggered. I'd have no idea why I was triggered, but I just blame it all on him. And so it was through that recognizing and realizing all of that. I was totally blind to that. I realized how hard I really was on him and my expectations for him to fix what was already broken in me. That really only God can do, you know? Yeah, that's so true. And just that fact of we don't get to just say, oh, I'm going to pretend or we can for a while, we can pretend like those herds aren't there and that we've worked through them and we've healed them, but they'll always come back up. 
So I just, I think, yeah, therapy is so important and finding the right therapist who can help you walk through those things and, and always looking to God, we have to die to ourselves in so many ways, especially Mm -hmm. in marriage and motherhood. And uh, I just love everything you said. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. How long were you and your husband actually separated? So it was a short, short separation about six, we actually, we did six months and it was, we did an in-home separation and I joke now because they call it a separation for broke people. (laughs) 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 It's really what it was like. We, neither one of us could afford, um, living somewhere else. And our therapist at the time had said like, look, you guys just, you need a reset. Like this is either going to break completely um, and, and this is something I caution people too. like, if you guys are on the, the spot of, cause I've talked to women who are like, well, I, I'm going to do that because he needs to do this. And I'm like, yeah, it's not really one of those things. Like, <laughs> it's not to be used as like a wake up call for him. Like it's a, it's a last ditch like effort. It's a last resort. Right. And, um, the intention behind it was he worked on him. I worked on me and then hopefully we could reunify, Um, but we worked out schedules to like it custody, right? Like, so if it was my week, I was on point with our son. If it was his week, he was on point. And so just to kind of mimic and feel the true effects of what like a divorce would be like. Um, and then I just continued my own self work throughout. Um, we went to a few couples counseling, uh, sessions throughout that as well. Most of which he was not too compliant with. Um, And then it was just, and then it just turned around. Like he, I mean, it it absolutely was just God and softening me um, and me taking ownership for the part that I played in the dysfunction of our relationship. Cause I had pointed the finger for so long that when I finally came out and said like, oh yeah, I see now how I played a part in creating this dynamic, like, and owned my own part that it softened him. And he was able to come to the counseling sessions and be open and willing to actually put forth the effort and work. Cause he saw hope between both of us at that point in time. Um, and that's, that's a big part of a big lesson of what I, I work with the women that I work with is just because you're sorry, just because you're owning your own part, it doesn't make his part right, but you're only responsible for your part, right? And when you can truly own that, when you're fulfilled in Christ, you can find the strength to actually humbly come forward and own where you've messed up. And that was a big, that was a big game changer for us. Yeah, that's what I was going to say was the humility piece, just like, and that's can be so hard when you feel like, but theirs was bigger or theirs was more wrong than what I did, but we can totally play the victim. I was like that for a really long time. I'm just like playing the victim, poor me. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then other people were kind of validating that in me. So I was just continuing to play that role. But when I stepped back and could really just acknowledge the things that were going on and that were wrong. And I, it was kind of, it was definitely humbling. It was kind of shocking because I was like, oh man, like I am affecting our kids just as much with my behaviors, just as his are. And it's really important to just look at it with fresh eyes and, and wake up to there's both 
there's two people, two broken people in this marriage because we were so bad about pointing the finger as well. Like just that was like from the beginning, this like you were talking about the roller coaster, just pointing the fingers and all the things. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and it's so funny because I love that you said it, like the victim mentality. That was the furthest thing from my mind. I mean, I am like, I think when people think of a victim mindset, people think of people who are broken and, and, and quiet and meek, and they need somebody to defend themselves. And I was so not that still am not right. Like I I have to rein in my mouth. Like I am strong. I am, you know, I (laughs) work on my meekness every day. (laughs) That's not, that's not like natural for me. So for me, like to even think, like you might have like a victim mentality. It was like, no, no, that's not me. That's not, that's absolutely not okay. And so this is a big part of like, also why I love my testimony, because if you knew me at all, you would never think of Katie as having a victim mentality, right? Like, and that was just because of my strong personality. And the thing is, is it's so true. The truth of the matter is a victim mentality is giving somebody else power over your own emotions and giving them the blame, right? Like I can talk poorly to you because you just acted this way. And that's a victim mindset. Like now I have given you the power over my actions, my behavior. And so even if they are strong or even abusive actions, if it's their fault, right? If they're controlling how you feel, then you have become a victim in that mindset. And that's the first thing that you had, that's where I got my power back was because no one was holding me accountable. We would sit in these therapist's office and they would say, well, yeah, like, hey, you need to knock this off to my husband. And no one would hold me accountable at all because I would sit over there and be like, well, yeah, hey, stop it. Like, do something. (laughs) something. (laughs) Would you change? Would you fix your crap? Because I'm over here, perfect as can be, just trying to be a good godly wife to you. And you're not doing your stuff. Okay. <laughs> I'm and, over here dying because I totally relate. <laughs> <laughs> and it was um it was so great because um when I finally figured out like my part and the hurt I was um uh, placing with was his biggest complaint with me was how I spoke to him. And I was like, oh, okay, that's the worst you got. Like I don't I don't talk nicely to you. Oh, right. And it's like that's biblical. Like it says that in the Bible that like you can die, but live and die by the words, right? Like it's, it's actually, your words are so powerful. And I was so just undermining the importance of the lack of respect. I showed my husband, um, and killing any kind of motivation he would have to even step up into a leadership role, right. In our marriage. Uh, (laughs) and so we just grew up in this dysfunction together since we got married at like 22. And we had only known each other. And so when I was finally held accountable by a pastor, actually, and we were reunified. And um, at the time, we were working through our reunification. And our pastor was like, well, yeah, I mean, he's not right. But Katie, you're not right either. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like, this is the accountability I needed. Like, somebody give me something I can work on. Cause I, cause you can't work on them. You can only work on you. So when you're just looking to them to change, you have no power in that situation. Sorry. I got yeah. off on a tangent. No, but- I love it. I'm over here like in church. Yes. And amen. <laughs> I love all of that because I totally agree. And I, for a long time, I was just kind of, again, I didn't have that accountability. I was just 
I was the victim. And, and I also want to say that even in, you can be the victim in any relationship. I feel like that with my kids. Sometimes I am like, you, you made me mad. You made me, you know, yell at you, but it's like, again, I'm, I'm even giving them my power. And that's uh-huh. been a really big struggle for me. And I, I love how you talked about the, the power of the tongue. Like there is life and death in our words. And that has been so convicting for me because I would just say whatever came to my mind. Like it was just word vomit. I didn't care about anybody else's feelings. And sometimes I wanted to hurt, you know, my husband or anybody just because they upset me. I completely think that respect and the way that we speak to our husbands, I think that we know like for husbands, especially that is everything for them. They need that respect. They need life-giving words and I just love that you shared all of that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. tell us, how did you, this is, I just love now that you're a marriage coach. So this, <laughs> that was probably the catalyst for that. Right. So will you tell us a little bit about how uh, you started doing that and how you kind of work with women and, and tell us about your, your coaching. Cause I love to share that with other ladies. Yeah. Um, such a God thing, right? Like Oh, your marriage fell apart. Now, now you're going to be a marriage coach. Um, I have a background in human and family development, which is also why I went into um, the behavioral health agency with working with foster care kids and stuff. And um, so I've always loved, like, I've always had this desire to counsel and be there for people. Like, I just, I just loved it. I was always like the friend that people would call for perspective on their relationships. And um so I really, truly just believe it's just totally a God gift, 100%. Um, and I just didn't know what to do about it. I thought I was going to go back and become a therapist and going through therapy was, was awesome. Um, but it was so funny because actually throughout this, like as a case manager, I was responsible for facilitating um, like child family team meetings. And I had to sit there and keep a copacetic conversation between like foster parents, bio parents, um, court attorneys. <laughs> like, I mean, and I'm sitting here like, <laughs> oh, I have to navigate these conversations. Holy crap. And keep everything great. And anyways, it was a giant learning experience of what I was truly capable of doing. And so if I was like, well, if I can navigate conversations there, like, and I didn't piece any of this together until like far after. Um, but when I went, I, I left the agency and I went and I actually became, I got a job as a high performance consultant um, working in the coaching industry. And that was my first taste of coaching. And I was like, okay, this is my jam. This right here, because this is what I love. And it was just God, like totally. I mean, the job was right down the street from my house. It was like all about self-development and positivity and starting your day off. Right. And it was like, holy crap, if I could have like written a job for me. So anyways, long story, I got involved in that and COVID happened. And, um, my husband is a collegiate volleyball coach and his season got canceled. I got to work from home and, uh, basically it was just God on my heart, like start this group, start this ministry. There isn't this space online for women to come and 
be positive about their husbands, like get good material, not just a bitch sesh. Sorry if we're not allowed to cuss on here, but <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I, nope, I agree. I agree with that. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this group and I'm just going to share my story. And I'm going to hope that everything I've been through is just helping inspire women. And then through my experience with the agency I was at and everything shutting down, it actually gave me an avenue to start up my own business. And I started taking on clients, working with women who were struggling in their marriages and arranged from their marriages falling apart to they just want some, they just want to have the life back in their, in their marriage. They want to work on their communication and God just started sending me clients. So um, I just took everything I learned along the ways um, of my life. And like I said, like earlier, it was like, I can look back and be like, oh my gosh, like every job and every career move that he had me make just led me to know that I can actually do this and how to help these women um, and couples. I work with some couples as well. Um, but so yes, that's, that's what I do. It's, I, I work with them in, on a 12 week, one hour a week session whether it's individual or collectively as a couple and um, see some just phenomenal that only God could provide transformation in these people's marriages. So yeah, that's, that's what I do. I love it. That's so awesome. And we'll have Katie share about how you guys can connect with her in just a couple minutes, but I just have one more question. If you could thank God for one person in your faith journey, who would it be? Oh, so many. Um, one person I have to say is my grandmother. Um, she is the epitome of strength in softness. I just look at her and she's so trusting and loving and accepting of everyone. She's just goals like, and she's always modeled that true love of Christ throughout any of her circumstances. Um, my grandfather passed away on her birthday and they had been married for 60 some years on that time. And I remember looking at her and she walked over to the window and she raised her hands and she said, what a beautiful birthday gift that he, that, that Ron, my grandfather got to go home to Jesus on my birthday. And I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? Oh my God. <laughs> like, are you serious? Like it's, she's just always been in an amazing light in my life and source of guidance to keep the love of Jesus at the forefront and to treat everyone with love. Oh my gosh. I have tears in my eyes. I like yeah. goosebumps all over, even on my face. Oh my gosh. That is so sweet for her to literally think like that it was a gift for him to go on her birthday. Ah, grandma is goals for sure. <laughs> I love that yes. you said, um, strength and softness because do those two words often go together, but when you actually look at it, they do. And, you know, sometimes I think, especially as, as strong women, we think we have to be tough and hard and, Oh, I just love that you said that. And she modeled the true love of Christ. And that is absolutely what I want to do in my life. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. So beautiful. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. (laughs) We could probably talk for a long time. (laughs) We could. I'm like, I want to keep talking to you. We didn't even answer half of the questions because we were just like going on other questions, but that's, that's the best kind of interviews. So, (laughs) so can people connect with you? Yeah. So, um, I am on Facebook. If you're a woman, I run a women's, uh, support group called marriage empowered. And, uh, so you can join me there in my free community. Uh, you can book a consultation. So I do a uh, one hour free consultations and you can find me on my business page at Katie may, uh, hyphen marriage empowerment coach. Uh, so, uh, and then of course you can always email me at Katie may coaching at gmail.com. I believe you're going to put the, the link in the, in the notes, right? So yes, I'll everything just, will be have to spell it out. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, everything will be linked and, um, definitely come join the Facebook group. I am part of that. And thank you so much, Katie. We just appreciate hearing from you today. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Thanks for listening to Lana Send the Word. May you be blessed and always be a blessing. Bye. Hey friends, thanks again for listening to another episode of Wellness and the Word. I just wanted to remind you to come join us over on Facebook at the Wellness and the Word community. Like I said, Katie's going to be on very soon talking to us about all things marriage. And I'm going to be having a lot of other guest speakers in that group so that you can be encouraged and just learn new things about God and about yourself and about all these different aspects of life that women have to juggle and how we can do it beautifully and as a community because it's always better together. We were not meant to walk alone. So come join us over there and let's make it one of the best places on the internet.